Welcome to the Commons. Welcome to Christmas Eve at the Commons. How are we doing tonight? Hey, I'm so uh, thankful you've chosen to join us tonight. This is uh, our second time to be able to have Christmas Eve at the Commons, and I'm telling you, it's, it is quickly becoming uh, one of my favorite gatherings that we do every year. It's just got a different vibe to it. You know, it's more of a family vibe. I know a lot of you have family in town. Uh, it just feels different, and I don't know what you're coming in here tonight carrying. I think a lot of people come in to this particular gathering with a lot of anticipation, not necessarily because of what's going to happen here, uh, but because of what's coming tonight and tomorrow. You know, you got your Christmas Eve traditions for, uh, for my family. We got a pot roast uh, sitting in the crock pot. So when we get home, we're going to eat some uh, hopefully done good crock pot food. It's going to be great. We got our, uh, we got our Christmas Eve traditions. We do, uh, we, we open pajamas, PJs for our kids. Who else has that tradition? Christmas Eve, you give the kids PJs. Okay. You should, you should, more people should have that. Um, how many put uh, cookies and milk out by the fireplace uh, for Santa? How many do that? All right, we got a few pagans in the house. Good. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know what you're coming in here tonight caring. Some of you, anticipation. You know, it's, it's exciting. Uh, some of you, your kids aren't going to be able to sleep tonight because of the anticipation they have for opening presents in the morning. Some of you, your kids aren't going to sleep tonight because they don't sleep really ever anyways. And so um, some of you, you got a lot of family in town. I had lunch with a guy this week who was so excited because he, he said this is the first time in a long time his whole family is going to be together. And so uh, I think they're here tonight. And, and so tomorrow for, for some of you, it's just going to be a joy having your family together. But I also know some of you come in here and you're carrying more of a weight on you. You know, you're, you're coming in here, this is the first Christmas since the divorce. So this is the first Christmas since you lost your spouse or this is the first Christmas since losing a, 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 a child. And tomorrow, there's gonna be less people sitting around the Christmas tree than what you're used to. And you come in here carrying that fear, what's that gonna feel like tomorrow? You know, those of you, yeah, you similarly have like the first type of person, your whole family's here. And that's not a good thing. You're like totally stressed about it. There's going to be more people around the tree and, uh, and, and, you're, and you're stressing, you know. And so you've come in here and you've got your nice Christmas outfit on. You've got a big smile uh, to go with it. But it's really just what's happening on the outside. It's covering up the reality of the weight, the burden that you carry on the inside. Regardless of which person you are, I, my goal tonight is to send all of us out of here carrying uh, the greatest truth that we could ever carry. And that's the truth that 2,000 years ago, God sent his son Jesus into the world to begin his rescue mission to save us from our sins. And so tonight, I wanna go to Isaiah chapter nine. Isaiah chapter nine, if you have a Bible, uh, it's pretty much right smack dab in the middle of your Bible. Isaiah chapter nine, we're gonna look at one verse tonight. And uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I know this passage is gonna sound familiar to you. In fact, let me just go ahead and read it. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, it says this, for to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, I know this passage sounds familiar to you. Uh, if you were here last Christmas Eve, it sounds familiar because I preached on it last Christmas Eve. Uh, but whether you were here last Christmas Eve or not, and, and honestly, whether you're used to being in this setting of church or not, this passage probably sounds really familiar. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Like, this is about as Christmassy as a verse as you can get. Like, this is like the most Christmassy of Christmassy verses that's out there. I would guess that at least 50% of you, you've got decorations in your house that have part of this verse or this whole verse on it. 
To us, a child is born. To us, a savior or a son is given. Uh, you go to Hobby Lobby on Monday, I guarantee you, you go to their Christmas clearance aisle and there's gonna be multiple things with Isaiah 9:6 on it. Prove me wrong. I'm telling you, it will be true. Uh, you will not find me at Hobby Lobby though. I can't stand that store. Um, although, you know, never mind. Anyways, uh, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Listen, last year we looked at the first seven words. Actually, let me go back and say this. The very reason... The very reason that I want to teach on this passage for the second Christmas Eve in a row is because oftentimes, the more familiar we, be, we become with something, the less potent that thing is, the less meaning that thing carries. Like when something, we hear it all the time, it kind of becomes cliche. Cliche things lose their meaning. And in this case, we're so familiar with that line. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, that I think we totally miss and don't understand the weight of what's being said here. And so tonight... Here's what I want to do. Last year, we looked at the first seven words there. For to us, a child is born. Uh, so tonight, this year, I want to look at the next six words. To us, a son is given. And what I want to do is I want to break it down into three parts, each part giving us a greater view of what God did for us when he sent his son, Jesus, into the world 2,000 years ago. So it says, to us, a son is given. Isaiah 9, 6, to us, a son is given. So part one is this, those first two words. To us, everybody say, to us. To us. This might only be two words and it's only four letters, but they're some of the most potent two words, the most potent four letters in all of the Bible and yes, in all of history. Like this whole book, it revolves around these two words, these four letters. In fact, the whole Old Testament spent hundreds of years looking forward to these two words. And the rest of the New Testament is constantly going backwards and looking at these two words. These two words are at the heart of the gospel. Christmas is about God moving in closer to us. It's about God coming to us. We call it the incarnation. Jesus broke into our world. God inserted himself into our world, which lends to the question, why? And the answer is this, because he had to. The gospel, it's a word that we throw around a lot and it means good news. Everybody say good news. To understand the good news, though, you've got to understand the bad news. And here's the bad news. We were all created to know God and to be with God. That inner longing that we, that we all have can't be filled or satisfied with money or sex or power or, f or fame or success or fun vacations or toys. It can only be filled by God. We were created for God, but our sin has separated us from God. And the bad news is there's nothing that any of us can do to get ourselves back to God. This is why God had to come to us. And our Christmas culture, our, our, our Christmas culture has uh, really hijacked this one. So a couple weekends ago, I took my daughter, Rosie Grace, on a date. By the way, men, date your daughters. Uh, you know, set the bar high for whatever man tries to step into her life. I don't want no sleaze bag. Ever having a shot in my daughter? And so I, I, I want to take her out on dates. When I take her out on dates, I want to treat her well. So I held the door for her. Uh, I even picked up the bill at the end of our, our time together. <laughs> I had her home in time for her nap um, when her mom asked me to have her home. Uh, but I took her on a date. I said, where do you want to go? And, um, which is not a good way to do a date. Plan the date, guys. Um, but I did ask her, where do you want to go? She loves uh, Mitten Raised Bakery. Uh, they make these crazy donuts. And so we went to Mitten Raised. We, we got a donut. This is, this is my daughter. Uh, we got a donut. And as we're sitting there talking, uh, we, we read a book together. We were, we were talking. At one point, she goes... I want to go get mommy 
a gift. Uh, it's kind of out of the blue, but I was like, okay, where, uh, where do you want to go? And she goes, let's go to the mall. <laughs> I'm like, oh, classic. Um, I said, what do you want to get her? And she said, something pink. So this is her favorite color. <coughs> so we went and uh, we got into the car, went to the mall, and, uh, and we went and got her mom something pink. Cover your ears, Leslie, cover your ears, do it. Uh, we, we got her some pink socks with Michigan on them. That's what she picked out. I let her do it. Thankfully, it was cheap. Um, she didn't go to something like super expensive. Anyways, uh, not that I wouldn't buy my wife something expensive. Uh, but this is her. This is us at the mall carrying the bag with uh, the gift that we got her. As we're leaving the mall, though, if you've been to Meridian Mall uh, recently, you see right in the middle, there's this huge, like, take pictures with Santa setup. And Santa had just shown up. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm totally going to get uh, a picture for Rosie Grace with Santa. And so I go, and I see the sign. It's 40 bucks. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> And so instead, what we did is we stood, uh, we stood by the fence, and I'm realizing I should have put this picture up here. Uh, we stood by the fence. There's like this fence, and uh, you could see Santa. So I was like, all right, stand right there. And uh, so we got a picture, you know, with her and Santa in the background. Uh, but we are standing there watching all these kids go and sit on Santa's lap. And what are the two questions that Santa asks? Two questions. Yes. First, he asks, uh, what do you want for Christmas this year? And then second, he asks, have you been naughty or nice? And here's what I want you to see. Our culturally hijacked version of Christmas says that there is a naughty list and a nice list. If you behave well, then you make the nice list and you get presents. If you don't, then you'll be on the naughty list and you won't get presents, you'll get coal in your stocking, which I don't know if you've thought about that this year in particular. I've been thinking about the coal in the stocking thing, thinking, I mean, with the way the economy is right now and energy prices skyrocketing, that wouldn't be the worst gift in the world. You know, I feel like I could use that to my advantage. But anyways, our culturally hijacked version of Christmas is all about making the nice list and staying off the naughty list. And this is literally the opposite of what Christmas is about. Isaiah 9.6 says, to us, a son is given. Notice it doesn't say towards us. It says to us. It doesn't say towards us as if God made the first move and then we got to do the rest. Makes me, makes me think of the movie Hitch. You ever seen that movie? Uh, okay, passionate about it. Um, if you haven't, or even if you have, I'll remind you of this scene. It makes me think of this scene where Will Smith, can't remember his character's name, he's trying to coach all these guys on how to, uh, you know, get a girl to like them and date girls or whatever. And it causes all this drama. But there's one character, Kevin James, and he has this crush on this superstar uh, celebrity. And Will Smith is coaching Kevin James on how to get her to like him and all this stuff. And it gets to a point where he's talking about the first kiss. And he's coaching him on the first kiss. And, and he says, you've got to come 90% of the way and let her come the rest, the, the, the remaining 10%. He says, you gotta, there's the picture of him on the scene. He says, you gotta move towards her 90% of the way, let her come the, the remaining 10%. Then they have this weird, awkward scene that goes from there. But uh, I, I think of that when I hear the word towards. And you gotta understand, it doesn't say towards us, it says to us. As if God came 90 and we gotta cover the remaining 10. No, God came 100% of the way, he came to us. There's no more movement to be made. It says, to us a son is given. When Isaiah the prophet prophesied these words about 700 years before Jesus was born, the Israelites, the people that he was prophesying to, 
had been trying for about 700 years to prove to God that they were worthy to be his people. <coughs> and for 700 years they'd proven, or all that they had proven, was that they weren't worthy of anything but destruction. They were sinners and there was no way around it. They needed God to come do something about it and through Jesus he did. And through Jesus he has. To us, a son is given. Listen, all of us in this room need to hear this. We can either spend our whole lives trying to work our way to God and we'll arrive at the end only to find out how far short we've fallen or we can realize now this incredible truth. To us, a son is given. But let's keep going, part two. To us, a son is given. Everybody say, a son is given. Uh, Y'all wanna know the gift that I'm most excited about giving this year? All right, well that kills that illustration. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do from here to be honest with you. Uh, I'm just gonna tell you anyways because it kind of kills where I was gonna go. So the, the gift that I'm most excited about giving this year is a book to my oldest son, Judah. Uh, it's a book called Everything is Better with a Beard. Uh, and it was written by the Duck Dynasty guys, if you know the Duck Dynasty guys. Um, I, I love this book. In fact, I'll just kind of read a little bit to you. First of all, I love this. This book is dedicated to our wives who have loved us without beards and with beards. Hopefully they agree that everything is better with a beard. Bless you. It goes on and says, a boy once asked us, it may not be my place, but why don't you shave those big beards off your face? I don't understand them, he went on to say. It seems like they would just get in the way. They sop up the soup and attract lots of dirt and cover the words on your favorite t-shirt. We looked at that kid and then we calmly said, cut off our beards, boy, have you lost your head? These beards make us happy, these beards give us joy, they're the magic that separates a man from a boy. Uh, that's not scripture, so if you don't have a beard, it's, I kind of realized that as I read that, I was like, ah, there might be some self-conscious guys in here right now. I don't need to read any more of this, I'm realizing. We show our beards proudly around this old town and no one can tell me, or can tell when we smile or frown. Besides, behind every beard, you'll find a great guy like Lincoln and Moses and Santa and Uncle Cy. Anyways, you can keep reading. There's a truck with a beard. Uh, the Sphinx has a beard. Uh, Mona Lisa has a beard. Anyways. Um, I'm excited to give this to him. Uh, you know, the best part about the gift, though, is that uh, it didn't cost me anything because uh, we got it at our connection group, White Elephant Gift Exchange, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so, uh, free Christmas gift, which is great. This gift cost me nothing. But God giving us his son cost him everything. And listen, Christmas starts with a cradle, but it leads to a cross. The baby named Jesus that was born 2,000 years ago, he came for the sole purpose of living the perfectly righteous life that God requires, yet none of us could live. So that he could then die the death that we all deserved, so that whoever believes in him will not spend eternity in hell, but will be reconciled to God in heaven. To us, a son is given. Again, that leads to the question of why. I think Romans 6.23 says, says it best, because the penalty for sin is death. The blood of something must be shed to make atonement for our sin. But as Romans 6.23 goes on to say, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Our freedom from sin comes at a steep cost. To us, 
a son is given. God the Father gave up his one and only son so that we could be saved from our sin. There was not a more costly gift that God could have given us than his son. And by the way, the fact that this gift costs so much reveals how valuable you are. You know how valuable something is based on what somebody's willing to pay for it. And so for all of you who've come in here feeling worthless, feeling abandoned, feeling dirty, questioning whether or not God loves you, here's your answer. To us, a son is given. To you, a son is given. But don't sleep on that last word, given. Given, part three. Everybody say, given. As Romans three so clearly says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. We are justified by his grace as a gift, scripture says, to be received by faith. Jesus is God's gift to the world. And so here's what's gonna happen tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning you're gonna go uh, downstairs, you're you're gonna go into the living room and you're gonna have gifts sitting under your Christmas trees. And most of them are gonna be wrapped really nice with Christmas wrapping paper. Uh, In my house, if I wrap them, they're gonna be not wrapped nice uh, and they'll probably have some duct tape on them. But you're gonna have these presents. And what are you gonna do with all of these presents that are wrapped? Yes, you're gonna open them. You know, I think about this, my son tomorrow, he's not gonna be able to enjoy this incredible gift. He's not gonna be able to reap the benefits of the beard book until he picks up that gift from under the tree and he opens it up. To us, a son is given. Jesus is God's gift to the world. It's one thing to see the gift sitting under the tree. It's another thing altogether to pick it up and open it. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift to be received by faith. 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born, it's like God wrapped this incredible gift and stuck it under the tree. To us, a son is given. The question that I want to end and ask with, or end with and ask tonight is this. Have you opened the gift? Have you opened the gift? And some of you might ask, well, how do I open the gift? Just as Romans 3 said, it is received by faith. I've heard it said like this. To receive this gift by faith, it's more than just to believe that God is real. It's more than just to believe (coughs) that Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. James chapter 2 says, even the demons believe in God and they shudder in fear. To receive this gift by faith is to trust God. It's to take him at his word. It is to get behind Jesus and follow him. It is to recognize that you cannot save yourself yourself from your sin, but only God can through Jesus. It would be really weird tomorrow for you guys to open all your gifts around the tree and there still be one left and nobody open it. And to be honest with you, I think that's a perfect picture that describes so many people and even families in this room tonight. You know the gift is there. You could tell me all about it, but you're yet to pick it up 
and open it. There's a difference. And my prayer for all of us tonight is that we would recognize whether or not we've picked it up and opened it. And if we haven't, that we would. It is received by faith. I want to pray for us. As we celebrate tonight, Father, one of the greatest events in history, you sending Jesus to the earth, ultimately to grow up, live the perfect life that none of us could live, and die the death that all of us deserve to die. We want to celebrate tonight that. And Lord, I pray tonight you would make it so obvious in our hearts whether or not we've picked up the gift and opened it. And for those in this room that maybe have not picked up the gift and opened it, Lord, would you make it so clear and would you help them, Father, to place their faith (coughs) in you. In fact, tonight as I pray, I just want to ask in this room, you to ask yourself, have you opened the gift? Just quietly where you are, would you ask yourself, have you opened this gift? And remember, it's one thing to know about the gift. See it under the tree. I mean, you can, you can talk about the gift under the tree a lot. You can say a lot about it, but it doesn't mean you've opened it. You can know a lot about Jesus. You can tell a lot of the stories of the Bible, but it doesn't mean that you've opened the gift. It doesn't mean you've received the gift by faith. Have you opened the gift? If you haven't, again, I want to say it's, it is simply received by faith. It is simply received by you saying yes to this offer that Jesus has made to you. Yes, I realize I'm a sinner. Yes, I, I realize I can't save myself from my sin. And yes, I realize that only you, Jesus, and what you did can. I want that. I need that. Father, I pray for those in the room who maybe that is where they are tonight. Lord, would you, honestly, by the miraculous power of your spirit, give them new life tonight. And as we go into tomorrow celebrating this event, I pray for all of us, our eyes and our hope would be fixed on on the reality that we have awaiting us as we stand in Christ looking forward to the eternity that he has purchased for us. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Let's sing.